Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking about caring for our communities. And caring for our communities is something that uh, comes in many, many shapes and forms. And in my view, caring for our communities means not just the ways that we can help, you know, ourselves or help others or those around us, but really how we can also, also, and very, very importantly, be aware of what's going on with other people as well as ourselves. And my guest today is going to take, we're going to talk about some serious stuff here today, but I have a feeling we're going to do it in a way that's really incredibly empowering based on my interactions with our guests so far. So Anita Ventata is a psychotherapist. She's an author, an online group facilitator, a thought leader, speaker, all those things. But what's really important and special about her is that she specializes in something very serious, trauma, abuse, stress, and those things and how they incorporate in relationships and, of course, love. She's based in Melbourne, Australia, so that means she's up really, really early with us today. She's a recipient of multi-international awards and national recognition, recognition for her approach and programs for women impacted by trauma, isolation, and abuse. And if we know one thing about what's happened to us all as a culture in the last couple of years, is that we are seeing how those things affect people who aren't also experiencing trauma or other abuse. And we know that they can be magnified in other situations. So I'm really looking forward to interviewing her and learning more so that we can learn how to do things better for our community. So Anita, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's just awesome to be here. I'm really excited to have our conversation. I know it's going to be fantastic. I agree. And it's really an important topic. And and every time I have, you know, I don't have a ton of people who specialize in what you do on the podcast, but over the last year, I've had some really incredible conversations with three or four people who are trying to help us understand um, not only, you know, what we should be looking for, how to recognize this and others, but how we can make our communities better by being just simply more aware of what can happen to those that we love around us, or maybe those that we don't even know very well. So well, I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. So I just hit some highlights of your bio. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do and how you help people to shock their potential, given this very, very serious uh, kind of backdrop. For sure. I've been working in the field 26 years and it's taken me on a huge journey that's been highly influenced by my personal life because I used to work in bookkeeping and accounts and I changed careers and became a therapist and did specialist studies on trauma and understanding what happens for developmental trauma and adult trauma and 
and what happens in the brain and the body and our defense system involuntarily when we're in a state of overwhelm because that's what trauma is mm -hmm. it's when our system in that moment doesn't have the resources safety or support to be able to integrate what's going on and so often people mislabel what actually is trauma and minimize what's happening for themselves and don't realize they're mm -hmm. in a state of trauma and our system involuntarily goes to manage in the best way possible in that environment but the purpose is to be able to go and get that support and resources to be able to integrate what was overwhelming for us and often people don't get that and the so for me what why i'm saying that particular point is because i came to this work through my own personal journey i went into therapy to make sure I didn't get into more abuse because I grew up with abuse and trauma. I ended up in domestic violence. And, and when I escaped with my two young children, I went into some deep therapy. It took me a while to find a therapist. And so then when I found a therapist that could go deep and resolve the trauma, I went and did specialist training to do mm -hmm. that because I saw what was happening out in the field is we don't get adequate training on trauma and abuse. So my passion is about assisting people to, you know, like when your podcast name, Shock Your Potential, for me really resonates because my work is all about activating people. Mm -hmm. It's about activating the brain and the body out of the trauma response and to be able to listen to that inner guidance and what's happening in the environment and to be able to take action. So the reason I mentioned my backstory about my, my personal life experiences, because that's given me such a gift in my work of understanding my own journey and understanding the layers of what happens in stress, conflict, human relationships, love. Mm -hmm. And and that's enabled me to keep questioning things from a personal perspective and to be able to resonate and connect with my clients. So along the way, after working many years, I started noticing patterns with people. And so over time, I started creating my own theories because I felt like there wasn't adequate answers people were talking about the same thing as decades ago mm -hmm. and we were still in the same situations and it got me really frustrated and so I started thinking outside of the stories that we're told about the way relationships are or the way trauma is and I started creating my own um, theories and and based on neuroscience my own program to to address that and so what my organization does activating Artemis it's all mm -hmm. about activating is is I show people how to tap into the right brain because mm -hmm. we're really influenced in our society to perceive and work things out and interpret things from our left brain and the left brain when it's not connected to the right brain just doesn't have access to the whole of what's going on mm -hmm. and so we often make inaccurate interpretations which leaves us um, limited 
in our own well-being and in our connections with others. So, so my organisation is all about being able to um, tap into the whole of ourself and mm -hmm. into our life energy um, to be able to make better decisions and to have greater emotional muscle to go beyond the repeat because I don't know if you've heard of this study that Cleveland Clinic um, did this big study on a lot of people and found that we have like 60,000 thoughts in a day and 95% of those thoughts are repeat thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And 80% of those thoughts are negative. Yeah. And so I show people in my neuroscience-backed program how to have fresh thoughts and and be mobilised into action that's aligned with our feelings and our thoughts so that there isn't an internal conflict. That is, uh, gosh, there's so much that you covered there. I want to hit some of the highlights that I was taking notes on. And forgive me to, for making an analogy that's a little strange, but it, I, on my end, because, but it just, it just reminded me, you know, when you think about the, the, the self-talk, the negative, the emotional responses to situations, um, I have been working really hard the last few years on many things, all, you know, all of us work on anything, but um, overcoming my fear of flying. And I hate to even call it fear of flying anymore because I don't like to give it that word, but I have discomfort when I fly because my, my mind immediately goes when we hit a bump that we're going to crash and die. You know, like the, my husband laughs at me. He's like, everything leads to death. I'm like, yes, at all. You know, that bump, we're going to crash. We're going to die. And, you know, then I started meditating. I start to think about, you know, what leads to those feelings, how to, you know, I practice breathing. So I'm much calmer. But what I, what I always hoped was the more I'd work on this, that I just wouldn't have the fears. And I love how you talked about um, the muscle, you know, the emotional muscle, greater emotional muscle, because it doesn't mean you're not going to have the overwhelm or the panic or the those things but if we can find different ways to deal with them we can stretch that muscle we can handle things differently we can allow room for fresh thoughts we can allow opportunity for fresh perspective and uh, and it's never like oh all of a sudden you're you know everything's all fixed and magically better we all have to work those different muscles that maybe we hadn't worked enough or didn't know we even had to work them mm, mm. Absolutely. And that's such a brilliant example because the, the thing that I'm really passionate about is teaching people about our brilliant brain because mm. there's nothing faulty from my perspective ever going on in our brain. And it's just that the brain goes to what it's done most recently and mm. most frequently. And so there's those well-worn neural pathways. And often what people don't realize is it's not logic and insight that changes neural pathways. It's feelings is what changes neural pathways. It's either delight or fear. Yeah. And when there's intensity of fear, it can create, you know, strong neural pathways and whatever it is that's stressing us, when we've got that fear, it overtakes that rational thinking and that logic. And the logic doesn't take care of the feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we need to find a way to be able to take care of the feeling. And I use a metaphor that if we have a little stone in our shoe, we we will bend 
even if it feels little, we'll feel how it's impacting us and we'll bend and we'll take it out. But often when we have a stone in our mind, in our thoughts or our feelings, we kind of minimise it or push it to the back and we we act like it's not there. And so we haven't learnt this skill on and we often mislabel it and and minimise it and and tell ourselves stories about it that that don't take care of it and and when we know that it's feelings that changes neural pathways not insight mm-hmm. we often then jump into logic thinking to mm. and and so what i've developed that's been really really exciting and it's been based on my work with clients because I've seen within sessions how quickly significant things can shift. I had a woman come to me many years ago now with a fear of flying and she had to fly for her job. And she came to me and she had to fly in a plane within a week or something. And this was a long-standing issue. And I thought, oh, why didn't she come to me earlier? (laughs) She's got this pressure on herself that she's got to do this within a very short period of time. But we we did it and she went on the flight and she felt much better. It wasn't 100% resolved at that point. So she, you know, she continued to come after that week and um, we worked some more. And we we worked with it and, and not for that long. And you know what? That was decades ago now and every now and then she still messages me and says Anita I'm packing to go on a flight and she goes on massive flight I'm packing to go on a flight and I'm thinking about you and so appreciative of your work and it's shifted and it's not from talking from insight or positive affirmations because our system might like the ideal of it but it's we've got to take care of the body and that's to do with the feelings yeah and so along the way I've discovered how people mislabel things and I've created a neuroscience way of how we talk to ourselves based on that quote that I shared before that how we talk to ourselves how we label and interpret things is the thing that happens most in every day And it's the thing that can create the most leverage. And if we know that the brain goes to what it's done most recently and most frequently, Mm -hmm. the more we know how to use our own brain, the more then we can fire and wire because feelings is what activates the wiring together. We can fire and wire what we want to be activated and naturally the other pattern will get extinguished because it's not getting fired together but people often don't know how to get what we want fired together when we've got this fear and so I, I show you how to talk to yourself how to label things in a genuine way that feels realistic because I found that people loop because one, they keep seeing the symptoms of now. Yeah. And so they keep interpreting it from that left brain of a fixed place instead of this is a moment in time. Right. And so another metaphor when we're driving, the windscreen doesn't look where we are. It's always looking ahead. Right. Yeah. And so we want to be able to, be aware of where we are 
but be focused on where we're moving to, but feel connected to that. Because if we don't have a feeling connection to that, we loop. And I found that people keep looping to what the brain does most recently and most frequently, not necessarily because of the trauma that's happened, but because they don't know how to go beyond it in a way that genuinely can take their whole self with them and not and take care of the feeling parts. And so I often give the example now of if a child falls on when they're riding a bicycle, we don't run over to them and go, look at the cut on your pants, the tear on your pants, look at the 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 blood coming through, look at the scratch yeah. on your bike. We don't keep talking about the trauma. Right. We, we give comfort, which is yeah. so important. We give comfort, but then we say, everybody falls, right. it happens. You'll you, after you'll feel a bit of shock right now, but you'll get over it. You'll mm-hmm. you'll get up again. It will become easy again. Yeah. You won't even realize how easy it will become. Yeah, yeah. We we do that windscreen thing. Yeah, of showing them that they can get through this. Yeah, and I find people often don't have the skills on how to do that in a genuine way that's not through willpower and not through positive thinking because we can like positive thinking but our feelings are genuinely where we are and they don't necessarily believe the positive thinking so we've got to find a way to bring everything together so we're heading in the same direction I love I, it makes me think about uh, we have a lot of little kids on our block and every time, you know, one of them's learning to walk and they fall down. If we're outside, my husband and I will go, yay, great fall. Oh, that was so awesome. Because, you know, at first they're shocked. They're not sure if they should be hurt. And then they look up and they're like, oh, and then they start smiling, you know, because you're like, that was awesome. Good job. Yeah. You're all pathways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I and- love it. Yeah, and 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 telling a different story about it. Yes. I was actually with my grandkids the other day and we were out at a park and I saw this um, group of people and there's three little kids and these two mothers and they went under this tunnel which was under a bridge and it's where, near where we were resting and um, this little girl said, that's scary. And she's talking about all of the noise up above. And I got to thinking because mislabeling is really something that I believe happens all the time and people don't even realise it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, what a great example because I didn't hear from her body language or her tone of her voice. I didn't see she was actually scared. Right. And and I thought, what she's mislabeling there, and that happens as we get older. Nobody interrupts us and says a different story. So the uh, mislabeling, it, it wasn't scary. I don't think for her. I think it was new. It yeah. was loud. It no, was different. Different, right? Yeah. And and people aren't getting the label as to what's happening. But there's also the really powerful thing of being able to label things so that our environment doesn't define how we are. When I first escaped from domestic violence, I felt so happy for me and my children that I thought, we're free. Mm. And then he started to try and continue to control us through the courts. And so I made this promise to myself 
that no matter what he tries to do, I'm going to be free within myself. No matter what my environment is outside of me, I can be free. And so labeling became very important because otherwise we can give our power away as yeah. to whatever's going on outside of us, defining our happiness and our well-being. Mm-hmm. And it really held me in good stead and it supported my clients through what we're all going through now because you can feel generative life energy, you can feel uplifted, you can see things differently depending on how you interpret things and and that influences how you respond to it. So mm-hmm. we, we can do so much more than we realise. That's true and we are very powerful. I love it. Anita, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be uh, here from our sponsor for the month, and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are back with Anita Ventetta and talking about, uh, you know, kind of what we can control. One of the things I want to go back to that I really struck me when you talked about it is, you know, if you're walking along and you get a little pebble in your shoe, you will stop and take it out. But yet we do have these uh, stories that we tell ourselves, these grooves, these patterns that we've had, uh, the reactions we have into cert- to certain circumstances that could be the size of a boulder. And yet we just kind of ignore it, even though their presence is much more damaging than that pebble in our shoe. You know, what? I know you, you have some strategies. I'm not going to ask for all your magic secrets, but, you know, what, you know, what can we do to stop just being in that same groove of the record player, you know, to get ourselves to stop and recognize when we are in one of those situations that maybe it's time for us to stop and look at the feelings rather than the groove and move ourselves out of that. Mm-hmm. So important. And, and when you say that, it just takes me to when I was living with abuse and I could feel it was awful. Mm-hmm. But the story that I would tell myself didn't allow me to have any choices. It was, and so, the, you know, the most important thing to be able to tell yourself there there is more possibilities than how I perceive what's going on. Mm. And if I don't know how to find those possibilities, to be able to talk to somebody 
that I feel like can connect with where I'm at and offer me something that my system feels on a body level can hold and support me because we we often can't do these things on our own. Most traumas happen in relationship to people. That's where we get stuck more uh, on a social level or a or an interpersonal level. So I think the most important thing is to be able to know there's always a fresh possibility that we haven't thought of or a a new way of addressing something that we don't know about. We often, I think, tell ourselves we've tried everything. And and so we often globalise things. So to be able to keep experimenting, keep reaching out, don't give up, that there's always another way and mm. and trust your feelings. If it doesn't feel good, if it's not making a difference, I find people often endure for too long. People often come to me and they've been in therapy sometimes for decades yeah. and, and I think people have this story that because what they've gone through has been difficult, they think the process to recover will be long and difficult and that's not accurate. It's not that's, true. That's another story mm, that you're telling yourself. Yes, the body and the energy system can change very quickly. It's just what I find, what keeps us stuck is that we keep not knowing how to respond through the process of change when we see those old symptoms of patterns because that's what the brain does. It brings us what it's done most recently and most frequently and we see those things happening and so we interpret, oh, there's more work to do. Oh, I haven't finished it. It's not resolved. Um, It's not working. And so we're mislabeling from my perspective. From my experience, we notice things because we're conscious, because we're alive, because we're awake. And so we see these things and we end up hooking into them and retelling the same story, which loops us into those neural pathways. Instead of being able to know how to be okay with it, and there's a, you know, it's, it's, It's not, as I said, about willpower, positive thinking, but how to find a way to not get hooked into those old patterns and those old stories so that our system can move on and we can start putting our energy and focus into firing and wiring the transition and the the new map is what I call it. Otherwise, we just keep re-looping. It kind of two two thoughts came to my head. One is every time I talk about mindfulness with people and they say, if somebody says, oh, I can't do that, I've tried it. And I always laugh and say, what, you sat once and you thought, oh, I can't sit here alone quiet for an hour. That's not what it's about. It's a, you know, it's a practice. If you just sit and take three deep breaths, you are, you know, you are practicing a meditation. You're practicing. You know, you're learning new things. It only has to be just the tiniest little bit of difference. But also, I was thinking about, you know, when you're talking about in the grooves and the pathways, I I have this visualization of a record player with a record on it. Yeah. And if if the record has five songs and you don't like the first three songs, you don't have to listen to the first three songs. You can pick it up and put it on song number four. You You can move it, but you have to recognize that you don't have to go through all those you know revolutions of the record on the record player in order to get to what you're going for 
but it's it's hard sometimes to have enough distance to realize you can do something like that yes and so that's that's the transition that i help people on how to actually use your brain and how you talk to yourself to be able to transition as quickly and eat far more quickly and easily than you can realize because mm -hmm. you know i talk about like the farmer planting the seeds that he plants the seeds he can't see the crop yet but he right. doesn't go nothing's happening he he expects a certain thing to develop and he yeah. puts things in motion to for the, when those seeds come through and so a, a lot of my work is actually helping people not only to label and talk to themselves through the transition and mm -hmm. how to engineer things so that it gets in that optimal generative way but to trust the inner reality and stop trusting the outer reality because the outer reality is just a momentum of what's been happening of the past and if you yeah. keep looking at the outer reality and telling your story from there you keep re-looping back into it Right. And so you've got to, like that farmer, you've got to trust what's not being physically seen, yeah. which is, is what I call it's right brain therapy because the right brain is associated with the body, with feelings, with the unknown, as opposed to left brain is very practical, black and white, conscious, mm -hmm. physical um facts, logic, sequence. <laughs> and so it's knowing how to trust what's unseen in the inner reality and the more you know there's certain um there's a framework to be able to do it from a place where you can logically trust it not yeah. just do it from a leap of faith kind of thing we have to have there has to be meaning behind it that our system can rest into that we can feel held and supported by but absolutely we need to be able to trust something for something new to develop yeah, I had to laugh because um, I don't think my left brain works at all. <laughs> I just work right brain all the time. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And yeah, this is fantastic information and really beneficial, I think, for all of us, no matter where we are. Um, little traumas, the stories we tell ourselves, big traumas, life traumas, uh, just the, the frustrations we have uh, with where we are at times. And I think it's incredibly helpful and powerful. And we're going to have all of your information on our show notes. But in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, a lot of people are on Facebook, so it's really easy to find me on Facebook. I have a few pages. Um, but if you put Anita Bentata or if you put Activating Artemis, Anita Bentata goes to my health page. Mm -hmm. Activating Artemis goes to my work with trauma or The Wolf in a Suit, because that's the name of my first book okay, um, that I wrote. So um, that that's one of the, my other Facebook pages. Or anitabentata.com is my website. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, I, I think one of the most important things is to focus on that it, it comes very simply down to what you focus on is what keeps deepening in your system. And mm -hmm. so the more you, it makes sense logically, the more you worry, the more you worry. Um, and if you don't know how to go beyond your loops to be able to 
put find what your value is for what's most mm. important in your life because very often we have these beautiful values and we're not living them so to be able to treat ourselves the way we want other people to treat us to tolerate less to be willing to take an action so that we can it's it's really that taking that step for ourselves experiment you don't have to believe something just experiment and find out does it feel better and and if it doesn't just keep trying and following what feels better because if you keep following through the day instead of following what you think you should be doing how can i do this in a way that feels better um, and follow that then everything will keep getting easier and easier when you follow whatever thought or action or choice that feels better i agree i love it anita thank you so much it's very inspiring not only what you're doing in the story you've shared with us but reminding us all that we can change the groove uh, that we're in and find the path that is much healthier and feels better for us thank you so much for being our guest today my absolute pleasure. Can I just add one other thing very, very quickly? Um, that often we can do this in very much in line with what we're talking about today about communities. Often I find that people can create a faster change quicker when they do it in a group. They might think because of their own personal thing that they don't want shared in the group, that they don't they think one-on-one -on -one is better. But actually with the method that I use, you don't have to worry about the vulnerability. But what I've found in people's experiences when they work one-on-one -on -one with me and then they work in a group, that actually they accelerate faster when they're in the group because mm -hmm. they're motivated and inspired and so, you know, being part of a group can be really, really supportive on so many levels to transform things faster in your life. Absolutely. I totally agree. I love it. And thank you again. I'm so glad we had you on today. Thank you. An honor to be part of your community for this time together. And, and I, I thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.